باب أجر المرأة إذا تصدقت أو أطعمت من بيت زوجها غير مفسدة أجر المرأة The reward for a woman إذا تصدقت when she gives charity أو أطعمت or she feeds people من بيت زوجها from the house of her husband but there is a condition غير مفسدة without spoiling it So here you see that Imam Bukhari does not mention بأمري صاحبه In the previous bath, there was a condition at the instruction of the owner. Alright? Here, he doesn't mention بِأَمْرِ صَاحِبِهِ Because in some situations, a person has the liberty to, they're the custodian, right? That they're looking after, you know, the wealth. And they also have the, the liberty to spend in charity from it. To take some out for the purpose of charity. And sometimes they don't have that liberty. So this is a situation where the woman has that understanding with her husband. Husband allows her, you know, from the house, you can give anything in charity. I don't mind. So when she will give charity like this, sometimes without even his knowledge, then what will happen? He will get the reward and she will also get the reward. But there is a condition, غير مفسدتن. And غير مفسدتن, remember, means two things. The first meaning of غير مفسدتن is that the item that is being given as charity, so for example, food, That food is not spoiled. The clothes that are being given in charity or whatever is being given in charity should not be spoiled or damaged. It should be usable. And the second meaning of غير مفسدتين is that she should not be giving that in charity to spoil the wealth. To spoil whose wealth? The wealth of her husband. Meaning her intention is not to drain his bank account. So, for example, she says, you know what, I'm just going to give everything in charity. I'm going to take some revenge here. Or he made me angry, so I'm going to... Sh- you know, so, no, the intention should not be to destroy the wealth. And this is amazing. Many times people will actually use religion to take revenge. Isn't it? So when religion is being used as a tool to inflict harm on someone, then what do we see? There is no reward for it. For that action, there is no reward. So if a woman has the intention of, for example, punishing the husband, so she takes a huge chunk of his money and gives that in charity, will she get reward for that charity? No, she won't. Even if it's a thousand dollars, even if it's a lot more than that, there is no reward for it because the intention is corrupt. And then, so the intention should not be to spoil and the method, the way that she gives that wealth and charity should also not spoil his wealth. So for example, if she prepares a lot of food, unnecessarily, just because she wanted to, because she felt like it, bought all those expensive ingredients, all right, and then what happened? All that food, who's going to eat it? So she says, okay, let's just give it in charity. So this is what? Damaging the wealth of the husband. And this is not just in the relationship of husband and wife. In any relationship where you have been made in charge over someone's wealth, then if you give charity out of that, you have to do so responsibly. Right? is the condition. Now here Imam Bukhari brings three ahadith. And all of these ahadith are narrated from Masruq, from Aisha radiallahu anha. The first one, حدثنا آدم حدثنا شعبة حدثنا منصور والأعمش عن أبي وائل عن مسروق عن عائشة رضي الله عنها عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تعني إذا تصدقت المرأة من بيت زوجها. 
So here Imam Bukhari doesn't bring the entire hadith. He just mentions the chain and uh, he's referring to the bab that he has mentioned that Aisha radiallahu anha meant when a woman gives in charity from bayti zawjiha, from the house of her husband. حدثنا عمر بن حفص حدثنا أبي حدثنا الأعمش عن شقيق عن مسروق عن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said إذا أطعمت المرأة من بيت زوجها When a woman gives food from the house of her husband غير مفسدة That is not spoiled or not to spoil his wealth لها أجرها She will have its reward Meaning it will be as if she gave charity وله مثله And he will have the same meaning reward. وَلِلْخَازِنِ مِثْلُ ذَلِكَ And the treasurer will also have the same reward. The khazin here is the servant. لَهُ بِمَا اكْتَسَبَ He will have the reward because he earned. وَلَهَا بِمَا أَنْفَقَتْ And she will have the reward because she spent. So many times it happens that, you know, a woman is doing the groceries, she's preparing the food, she's sending the food, and the husband is not asked, right? Can I send this much food to our neighbors? Right? Can I send three samosas and five pakoras? I mean, she's not going to ask about every little thing. But here, the reward is for both. Why? Because the food was bought with his money, and she is the one who decided to give it in charity, as long as he approved of it. And the servant will also have, have a reward, because the servant is delivering the food. حدثنا يحيى بن يحيى أخبرنا جرير عن منصور عن شقيق عن مسروق عن عائشة رضي الله عنها عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا أنفقت المرأة when a woman spends من طعام بيتها from the food of her house غير مفسدة what is not spoiled فلها أجرها then she will have its reward وللزوج بما اكتسب and for the husband because of what he earned وللخازني مثل ذلك and for the custodian is the same again Meaning all three people will have a share in the reward because all three people had a share in giving that charity. The husband earned the money, the wife sent the charity, and the servant delivered the charity. So the point is that let's be one of these people at least, right? That either we are earning and giving the money, or if we're not earning, then whatever we are receiving to look after the, the affairs of the house, then from that we should give in charity. And if not that, we're just asked to deliver, let's deliver. Bab Qawlillahi Ta'ala فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَى وَأَمَّا مَنْ بَخِلَ وَاسْتَغْنَى وَكَذَّبَ بِالْحُسْنَى فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْعُسْرَى أَلَّهُمَّ أَعْطِي مُنْفِقَ مَالٍ خَلَفًا So here Imam Bukhari brings some verses of the Qur'an and he makes them his chapter heading. And then he mentions a portion of a hadith. So what are these verses? These verses are that فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى That as for the one who gives, أَعْطَى He gave, meaning in charity, وَاتَّقَى And he feared Allah. And وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَى He confirms the good. Meaning he confirms the good word. He believes in what the Messenger wasallam has conveyed. Then what will happen? فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَى then we will make the easy way easy for him. On the other hand, وَأَمَّا مَنْ بَخِلَ وَاسْتَغْنَى As for the one who is stingy and feels that he is independent, he is free of need, وَكَذَّبَ بِالْحُسْنَى And he denies the
the good word or the good message, meaning he doesn't believe in what the Prophet ﷺ has conveyed, then we will make the difficult easy for him. Meaning we will send him in the path of difficulty. And that difficulty will take him where? Into the fire. So we see here there are three qualities versus three others. The three qualities, firstly, that are mentioned, which are being praised, that are basically, first one being that he gives in charity. Secondly, he fears Allah. And thirdly, he confirms the good word. Now, Husna has been interpreted as Islam or whatever the Prophet ﷺ has conveyed. Or it has also been interpreted as the good promise of Allah. What is the promise of Allah? That if you give in charity, Allah will give you something in return. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls charity a loan in the Quran. That who will give to Allah a beautiful loan. So that Allah will return it to him multiplied many times over. So this is a promise of Allah. That if you give in the way of Allah, you won't be poor. If you give in the way of Allah, if you give in charity, Allah will take care of your needs. He will increase your wealth. He will bless your wealth. Zakat is meant to purify and grow wealth. It's not supposed to be a tax on wealth that reduces wealth. Correct? So when a person gives in charity, what is he doing? He is confirming, he's showing that he really believes in the promise of Allah. Then what will happen? فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَى نُيَسِّرُ meaning we will facilitate for him yusra. Yusra is ease. And what is meant by this is that good work will become easy for him. It will become easy for him to spend. And this is so true. There comes a point where a person finds joy in giving. And he gives so generously, so easily that he doesn't fear poverty. He doesn't get anxious. There are people who spend like that. So fasanu yasiruhu yusra. But on the other hand, as for the one who is stingy and istaghna, he considers himself to be free of need. He doesn't care about the promises of Allah, the rewards that Allah has promised. And he is just selfishly living his own life. Then we will make, we will facilitate the difficulty for him. Difficulty meaning that which will bring ultimate difficulty. Meaning sins will be made easy for him. And good things will be made hard for him. So doing simple things like giving charity will be very hard for him. And it so happens that some people find it very difficult to get anxious. They face a lot of difficulty when they have to give something. So Imam Bukhari brings these verses and then he mentions a hadith, Allahumma a'ti munfiqa malin khalafan. This dua that, oh Allah, give the one who spends wealth khalaf. Khalaf is that which comes in place of what has already gone. Okay, Khalaf is what? That which comes in place of what has gone. So the word is also used for a generation of people. Right? Because they take the place of those who have. So this is the dua of uh, the angel that, oh Allah, give to the one who spends. Imam Bukhari brings a hadith. حدثنا إسماعيل قال حدثني أخي عن سليمان عن معاوية بن أبي مزرد عن أبي الحبابي عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that ما من يوم there is no day يصبح العباد فيه in which the servants enter the morning meaning as the as the day enters إلا ملكاني ينزلاني 
meaning every day that sun rises, basically, what happens? Two angels descend. فَيَقُولُ أَحَدُهُمَا So one of those angels says, اللَّهُمَّ أَعْطِي مُنْفِقًا خَلَفًا That, O oh Allah, give to those who spend. وَيَقُولُ الْآخَرُ And the other angel says, اللَّهُمَّ أَعْطِي مُمْسِكًا تَلَفًا That, O oh Allah, ruin those who withhold. Ruin those who withhold. And the first angel says, give to those who spend. Now, why do these angels make this dua every morning? These two angels, why do you think they're making these duas every morning? One angel comes and says, Oh Allah, give to the one who spends. The other angel says, Oh Allah, destroy the one who withholds. Why would the angels make these duas? Why would angels do something, anything? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded them. So this means that this dua is accepted then. Because the angels are making these prayers at whose command? At the command of Allah. So these are accepted. So this is a warning for us and also an encouragement. Yeah, but that's the thing. Are you going to let that anxiety prevent you from giving charity or are you going to overcome it and give charity anyway? Yeah, of course, because we're human, right? But here, your being anxious is not stopping you from giving charity. Now, one of the angels, he says, Allahumma a'ti munfiqan khalafan. Khalafan, like I mentioned, is a substitute or something that is given or received or put in place of another thing. So the munfiq had something and he gave it. He spent it. So he no longer has it. Now his wallet is empty, right? Or that place is empty. So the angel says, Oh Allah, fill that place again. A'ti munfiqan khalafan. Give him something in its place. Now khalaf does not necessarily mean that a person will get the exact same amount back. You give something in charity and tomorrow or the same day, you'll get the same amount of money. It's possible that happens. It's possible you get much more than you gave. And it's possible you don't get any money. Your wealth does not increase. So khalaf, remember, it doesn't just mean money. It can also refer to barakah, blessing in what remains. It can also refer to the contentment and the joy and the happiness that a person feels on giving. So the point is that the person who gives is not left empty-handed. He will be given something by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It could be wealth. It could be happiness. It could be the ability to do more good. And so many times it happens that you want to do something and it's like you have a roadblock. You give charity and it's it's like the ways are open for you. So a'ti munfiqan. And anytime you feel that you want to get something done, but there is, you know, something preventing you, you don't have access, you, you can't go any further. That is the time when you should really give charity. Because the one who gives charity is not left empty handed. And the person who does not give mumsik, mumsik is the one who withholds talaf, give him talaf. Talaf is loss, perishing, passing away. And it happens so many times that you keep something with yourself, you don't give it. And what happens? You don't even enjoy it yourself. Because when you look at it, when you take it out to use it, you see that it's already spoiled, right? Or it's expired, or it's too old. So there is benefit in giving. Bab mathalil mutasaddiqi wal bakhil. The example of the mutasaddiq and the bakhil. Mutasaddiq is the person who gives sadaqah, and bakhil is the person who is stingy, miser. He doesn't give. So what's their example? 
حدثنا موسى حدثنا وهيب حدثنا ابن طاووس عن أبيه عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said مثل البخيل والمتصدق كمثل رجلين The example of the stingy person and the one who gives in charity is like that of two people عليهما over them are جبتاني من حديد Over them are two jubba of iron. What is a jubba? Jubba is a shirt. Do you have junnatan or jubbatan? Jubbatan. Okay. What is a shirt of iron? Exactly. Like armor or a shirt that's made of chain mail. وحدثنا أبو اليمان أخبرنا شعيب حدثنا أبو الزناد أن عبد الرحمن حدثه أنه سمع أبا هريرة رضي الله عنه Now here Imam Bukhari is bringing another narration that مثل البخيل والمنفق كمثل رجلين The example of the stingy person and the one who spends is like that of two men. عليهما جبتان من حديد Over them are two shirts of iron. Now it has also been read as جنتان So جبتان and جنتان both are correct. جبة is a shirt and جنة is a shield or armor. So a shirt of iron or a jannah, a shield of iron, okay, that is worn. Min sudihihima ila taraqihima. From their chest to their collarbone. What's the size of this shirt? From their chest to their collarbone. It's very, very small. Basically, there's this neck plate or something like that also that's worn to especially protect the chest so that if there's a spear or something, an arrow, it doesn't cut through the chest. All right. So this can mean two things. The first meaning is that the shirt or that iron shield is very small. So it's only covering the area between the collarbone and the chest. That's it. The second interpretation is that they have just put on the shirt of iron. When you put on a shirt, this is where it's stuck, right? Initially. And then it loosens and then it drops down and it covers your arms and your stomach and your you know, legs, etc. So what happened here? They're wearing this shield, which is so small, or they're wearing this shirt. So as for the person who spends, He does not spend except that the shirt expands or it grows big. So when he spends, what happens to this shield? What happens to it? It expands. Or when he spends, what happens to the shirt? It loosens up and it begins to spread and cover over his skin. So much so that it even covers his fingertips. Banan are fingertips. And it also erases his footsteps. Meaning it's so long, all right, it covers him so well that his fingertips and his feet, his entire body is covered. And it's actually long so that when he walks, leaving behind footsteps, those footsteps are also erased because of the trail. So, وَتَعْفُوَ أَثَرَهُ وَأَمَّ الْبَخِيلُ But as for the stingy person, فَلَا يُرِيدُ أَن يُنْفِقَ شَيْئًا So he does not intend to spend anything except that it gets stuck. What gets stuck? كل حلقة 
every link makanaha in its place. So that shirt becomes stuck where? On the area between his chest and collarbone. It doesn't expand. It doesn't open up. فَهُوَ يُوَسِّعُهَا So he tries to expand it. وَلَا تَتَّسِعُ But it doesn't spread. He tries to spread that shirt over himself, but it doesn't spread. Because it's stuck. تَابَعُ الْحَسَنُ بْنُ مُسْلِمٍ عَنْ فِي الْجُبَّتَيْنِ Something else about the narration Imam Bukhari mentions here. وَقَالَ حَنْظَلَةُ عَنْ جُنَّتَانِ Seeing the other narration, he says, Junnatan. وَقَالَ لَيْثُ حَدَّثَنِي جَعْفَرْ عَنِ ابْنِ هُرْمُزْ سَمِعْتُ أَبَا هُرَيْرَةُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ Junnatan. So this has been narrated with both Jubbatan and Junnatan. So you understand the meaning here. So what's happening here? The person who spends is completely covered and protected. And he cannot be traced. Isn't it? He's safe. He is protected from hardship and his sins are also erased. So you see, when he gives in charity, his shirt expands. And when a person is fully covered with something like chain mail or armor, then what does that mean? He is safe. Safe from what? Safe from hardships in life. Safe from the consequences of his sins. Because good deeds also erase sins. And ta'afu atharuhu that the shirt also erases his footsteps. What does that mean? That his sins are also erased. So this person is in forgiveness and well-being and protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the munfiq. And the stingy person, what happens to him? His shirt gets stuck. So is he covered? Is he protected? No, not at all. In fact, he's in a lot of hardship. If you ever get stuck in a dress or in a shirt, it can be very painful. Very difficult. You know, a person could panic. Sometimes it happens with children. They're not able to take their shirt off or they're not able to put it on. Sometimes, you know, a jacket gets stuck, a sweater gets stuck. It's very frightening. So here, there's two main things. Firstly, the difference between the state of mind, the thinking of the person who spends and the person who is stingy. The person who spends, how does he spend? Easily, happily, generously. And the person who is stingy, what happens to him? The thought of spending even makes him uncomfortable. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الْمُفْلِحُونَ That whoever is saved from the stinginess of their soul, then those people are successful. So stinginess, selfishness is where? It's in the heart. And this is why sometimes a person gets anxious at the thought of spending, at the thought of giving. Secondly, in this hadith, in this comparison, we see how Allah protects the person who spends in this world and also in the hereafter. And thirdly, we see how the wealth of the person who spends increases. Because that shirt, it expands so much so that it covers his fingertips and also erases his footsteps. And the wealth of the stingy person remains limited, right? Because it remains stuck where it is. It doesn't expand. It doesn't grow. So what do you learn from this hadith? So that's the thing. One is that he tries, whenever he intends to give, the shirt remains stuck. This is referring to his state of mind. That the thought of giving makes him uncomfortable. So he doesn't give. And secondly, it's showing how uh, when he intends to give, he doesn't end up giving. And when he doesn't end up giving, 
his shirt remains small. So his wealth remains limited. His baraka remains limited. Because some people, what they do is they think about giving and they actually give. And then some other people, they think about giving, they get a little uncomfortable, they get a little worried and they change their mind. They don't end up giving. That is problematic. That when that state of anxiousness is actually stopping you from giving. This is the result because you see, this is linked with the previous uh, ayat that Imam Bukhari mentioned also. That the one who gives, fears Allah, confirms the good promise of Allah, then ease will be made easy for him. Meaning good work will be made easy for him. And the person who is stingy, then good work becomes difficult for him. So he finds it difficult to even give. The difference is in the state of mind. You know, once Aisha, she was in her house and something was being taken for charity. So she asked, bring it to me. She wanted to see it. And the Prophet ﷺ asked her that you don't want anything to go from here without you having seen it. And she said, yes. So he reprimanded, he he disliked that, that this is not a a good attitude that you want to check and recheck and re-examine and, you know, thoroughly, uh, you know, inspect and only then give something in charity. That relax, it's okay. So generosity This is true because you're trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is why you have the sense of uh, peace. And stinginess, on the other hand, only makes a person more uncomfortable and restless. You see, stingy is that a person does not give at all. That is problematic. But if you are giving in one place and not another place, because there's only so much you can give, there's no harm in that. Right? The point is that we should be of those who give. And if you look, the, the book is of zakat. So zakat is how much? It's a very small percentage of the wealth that we have, right? So it's only 2.5%, very small percentage. But sometimes we feel anxious about that also. And there are other people who will give more than the zakat that is due. So we should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this, you know, ease in the heart or this state of comfort in the heart that we can spend easily. Very true. Yes. A good word is a charity. Saying Alhamdulillah, saying Subhanallah is a charity. Saying Allahu Akbar also brings a reward of charity. Right? Helping someone is also charity. Some people help very easily and other people get scared when somebody asks them, can you please help me with this? So we need to have the right attitude, inshallah. Exactly. The reward is according to the difficulty that you endured in doing the good work. So whatever that good is, if you're reciting the Qur'an and you're reciting with difficulty, then there's double reward for that. And if you're giving charity and you're giving it with a hardship in the sense that you have to fight yourself and you have to convince yourself and you have to push yourself, then the reward will be relative to the effort that you put in. So inshallah be more hopeful over there. Okay, very quickly we'll do the next uh, bab also. Bab sadaqatil kasbi wa tijara. Now it's a little technical. This is about zakat. So far we were learning a hadith that are relevant to zakat and general charity. Here Imam Bukhari is talking about sadaqatil kasb, the charity meaning zakat that is due on kasb. Kasb is earnings, tijara and trade. Meaning is there zakat to be given on your earnings and on your on the trade, on the business that you have? Yes, there is sadaqa, there is zakat that is due on that. Why? لِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى Because of the statement of Allah the Exalted, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا 
all you who have believed, anfiqu min tayyibati ma kasabtum, spend of the good things that you have earned, ila qawlihi, anna allaha ghaniyun hamid, that Allah is rich and praiseworthy, meaning until the end of the ayah. So Imam Bukhari is bringing an ayah of the Quran over here to prove that zakat is to be given on earnings and trade. What is this ayah? This ayah is, ya ayyuhal ladina amanu, anfiqu, Spend min tayyibati ma kasabtum of the good things that you earn, meaning your earnings, your halal earnings. Remember, there is no zakat on haram wealth. All right, zakat is on halal wealth, on the good wealth that you have acquired. And secondly, also spend of that which we have produced for you from the earth, meaning produce. So because of this ayah, we learn that zakat is due on trade, goods, and earnings. Now, is there a hadith here? There is no hadith here. Why? Because the simple reason is that there isn't any hadith that specifically mentions this, which is at the level of authenticity that Imam Bukhari would accept. So he doesn't bring any, but he brings an ayah of the Quran only. And that is sufficient. And another reason why there is no hadith here is because this topic is so broad that you cannot tackle this entire topic in one chapter heading. But it's important to mention that zakat is due on trade goods. I was thinking about how to summarize this whole zakat on trade and income, and I thought I might leave you in more confusion than clarity. And I understood why Imam Bukhari has not mentioned even a single hadith under this heading. But in general, what you should be aware of is Zakat is due on, as we see here, kasb, what you earn. So for example, you have invested some money somewhere. You have bought a property and put it on rent. Alright, so you are earning rent, a revenue, right, a profit from that investment. So there will be zakat on that, on the profit that you get. Then secondly, there's zakat on tijara, trade. Trade meaning For example, a person is buying and selling houses, cars, food, jewelry, clothes, lighting, whatever. What's the intention? That you buy it to sell it. All right. So zakat is due on the property. How much and when? After one year, of course. And when the worth of that property is more than the nisab or it reaches the nisab. Nisab is the bare minimum wealth that should be there for zakat to be due on it. All right? And how much zakat is due? 2.5%. But remember, there is a difference here. The goods that are intended for sale, all right, zakat is due on that. Zakat is not due on, for example, the building, all right, the store that you have in which you keep all your stuff. All right, zakat is not due on the store. Zakat is not due on the business expenses. Zakat is due only on what? Inventory. Inventory and profits. So remember these two things. Zakat is due on inventory. That is intended for sale. And secondly, profits. Okay, the clothes that you have for yourself, you intend to wear them, you have worn them, you don't have to give zakat on that. But if you have a clothing business that you buy clothes and you sell them, then there's zakat on that. No, there's no zakat on that. So if you bought... You know, for example, your wedding dress has been sitting for like 20 years, mashallah. So is there zakat due on that? No. Okay, so the first question, uh, why would Imam Bukhari bring an eye of the Quran in a hadith book? Because 
this book, Imam Bukhari has not just put it together as a collection of a hadith. Right. So you see, for example, there is a name of this book has a name, which is the book of Zakat. And then in that, there are chapter headings. And with each chapter, Imam Bukhari is proving something. So when it comes to the discussion of Zakat, this is a very important issue. Zakat on earnings, on profits, on on revenue, on trade goods. This is a very, very big issue. So it's important to at least touch upon this. And Imam Bukhari has proven that, yes, Zakat is due on this by simply using an eye of the Qur'an. And as far as your second question is concerned, yes, in general, the expenses are taken out and then whatever is left over, zakat is due on that. Okay, so if you give your question in writing, inshallah, I can uh, I can find out. Yes, please do. Subhanakallah, bihamdik, ashadu wa la ilaha ila anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.